0: So we keep on keeping on. Hey humans, I'm Norma Jean and welcome to Stay Wild, the podcast about how to keep your quirks in the wondrous world. This is episode number 34. And today we're interviewing Liquid Silva, who's a recording artist and signed to a major hip hop label in Indonesia and the US. We played a festival together. We really connected and I wanted him to come on the podcast to share his journey and some insight that he's learned along the way. It's a really exciting episode. It delves deep into the music industry, what it's like to live as an expat, and a lot of the things that come with that. So it's really a lot of wisdom, a lot of insight. I I know you guys are going to love it. Um, Today's episode is brought to you by me, Norma Jean. As usual, if you're liking the podcast, please check us out. iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from, write us a review. Spotify, Google Play, we're there too. And if you're feeling like Bali, come to Camp Clarity. I'll talk a little bit more about that at the break, but you can check out the website www.joincampclarity.com. We have some dates coming up in February and April, 2019. And the music today is my music as usual. Um, But we do have a song from Liquid Silva as well, which is really exciting. So get ready for that. And uh, here we go. All right, humans, we're here today with Liquid Silva, who is a recording artist, hip-hop artist, and signed to a major label here in Indonesia. We had the pleasure of playing a festival together in Sulawesi, which is another island of Indonesia, and I thought, oh my gosh, you have to come on Stay Wild. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. How is it going? What's up? (laughs) How you
0: been? (laughs) Good, good. Um, So... You have had a pretty interesting journey. Um, Hip-hop and the culture around hip-hop is generally American, but you're from Mm. Toronto. Um, Toronto, Canada, yeah. Yep, you're from Toronto, Canada, and then you kind of came up a little bit in Australia, and now you're living in Indonesia. So walk Mm, us a little bit through that journey.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, you see... Uh, started my career a while back. We 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 started in our neighborhood in our college, you know, just spreading music and just getting in college radio station. That was like, you know, as a hobby. That's how in we Toronto. started. Then in Toronto, yeah, in Ottawa actually, the capital. In, in between Ottawa and Toronto, so uh, in two cities we were just kind of sort of rocking it as young kids. But then I kind of sort of wanted to move to Australia because uh, I wanted to go to university and just uh finish up my education. So when we moved to Australia, I mean, I, I moved there with nothing. I just left Canada and just took a couple of my records, had a laptop and had a uh, had a bag. And that's all I had. And when I, when I first got to Australia, I didn't even know anybody. So I kind of sort of built my network slowly going around, you know, just first two weeks of universities, really where I made the most impact. I, I just got lucky. Basically what happened is like I met This gentleman who runs a lot of the radio shows in Australia, and he's also a club DJ. So it just happens that I gave him a CD, and he liked this one track out of this 14 tracks. He's like, "Dude, this is really gonna work for here." And I'm just, I don't know anybody in Australia. So it's my yeah. You uh, literally came
0: in out of the blue.
1: I just came in out of the blue, and this guy, (laughs) yeah, off the plane. I mean, you know, literally. And then it just so happens, like, I didn't even know who this guy was. I'm like, "Well, I got nothing to lose. I don't know anybody." You know, okay, this guy says that he can make this record big in Australia. I mean, that was a dope record. I mean, coming from Canada, it was just in my mixtape, and we didn't really push it in Canada because I left. I wanted to go to university. Mm-hmm. So it just got it just got lucky. The dude picked it up, and he put it on a couple of radio stations, and it got big in two of the major radio stations in the city I was living in. And boom, it all started right there. People hearing my name going out there, like like just like you said, like, who's this guy? Because nobody heard about me or heard of me before. So it was, uh, this is like MySpace days. This is, uh, you know, so. Yeah, so I started maybe 2008, like,
0: 2000.
1: Yeah, 2007, 2008.
0: Right? Okay. Yeah, so those I, like, were the was MySpace like, days, man. Yeah, okay. those are MySpace yeah. days. Yeah, so you remember those days.
1: <laughs> I mean, like, so, I, I mean, I had this uh, management guy hit me up and he was like, yeah, we like this record. I know it's getting a lot of spins on the radios right now. And I'm like, yeah. So he's like, let's shoot the video, do whatnot. So this dude really helped me out. I was like, okay, I got nothing to lose. I don't know anybody. This is within like now two months of being in Australia. It just, it just happened like that. Wow. So we, we started, and then he offered me like openings for 50 Cent, Snoop Dogg, Ying Yang Twins, Naughty by Nature, list goes on. Any U.S. top artist that came to Australia, my man's hooked me up with the opening. So boom, there you go. I'm on the radio We're about to shoot a video. I'm touring with all these major artists. Next thing you know, my video gets on Channel V, MTV, and it just takes over Australia. So that's really how it happened within a year and a half of moving to Australia. It was a bit of luck. I had had the right track that was just perfect for Australia. It just worked, you know what I'm saying? And at this time, there was this other American rapper in Australia, he was in Sydney. Mm-hmm. he was also trying to do his thing and he was a basketball player moved wow. in to a, yeah he was a basketball player uh moved into australia he moved to australia to play ball but his rap career uh really took off his name is jay west jay and, and he really took off and so, so it was already trending before i landed you know like that whole vibe of like western music like mm-hmm. now you see the american you see the American industry. There's a lot of Canadian artists in the American industry.
0: Yeah, the I wouldn't wave. just say, oh, yeah. Mm,
1: that's you know what Bieber I'm Justin Bieber
0: so, and Alicia Cara, the, absolutely.
1: The Weeknd, Drake, list goes on. But, you know, but the thing is, like, you look at the American music right now, there's a lot of international artists also popping into the uh, American industry. So, like, I guess it was like, something foreign. Like, when I moved to Australia, they love North American music. They love, I mean, like, you know. They They love the Western culture. They love it. They
0: love it. They love it. I mean, going. I lived in Australia for a year as well, and people would just ask me to, like, read the phone book because they loved my accent. (laughs) And I was like, you like my accent? Are you kidding? (laughs) Oh,
2: my God. Well, that's exactly
1: it. Yeah. So, it's sort of, you know, I, I just went there in the right time, right place, and I was living on the Gold Coast. And Gold Coast is like the party center. You know, like, this is where everybody comes. This is like the Bali of Australia. Everybody comes there to party. So, like, I just happened to be in the right place, the entertainment center of um, Australia. And just, yeah, just got the vibe, and they started making noise in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, which was just around the corner. That's how I kind of sort of, it, it just took off for me Australia, in Australia. But then, you know, I have a daughter. I have a beautiful daughter. So when my daughter was born, because she's, uh, my daughter's half Indonesian, we, we decided, I decided, like, okay, Plus, my, my university finished in Australia. So, there's like, they offered me, like, either you live here with a PR and you work and you do your thing. and Or I was just like, you know what? I want to travel the world. So, I kind of left Australia, mm. took a break from the music for a minute, and I went to Brazil. Um, I went to Brazil and <laughs> I started doing the music thing in Brazil. So, wow. you know, it was good. Yeah, well, it, it was helpful that I had a. I had a heavy portfolio because you know I was touring with all these major artists and everything was just there. So when I went to Brazil and the promoters there saw that, oh man, now this dude's rocking stages with 50 Fifty Cent, G Unit. This dude's rocking stages with um, D12, Eminem's group, and this dude, like, it's all there. You know what I mean? So it was actually easier to make friends in the um, entertainment industry in Brazil. So I went there for fun. We just, you know, made a little bit of money too, just rocking some gigs and. But it wasn't until after I finished all that and uh, met my girl and then I had this I have this beautiful daughter. And that's when I decided that I'm going to live in Indonesia. So it was like starting from zero again, you know, because it was like going back to Australia. It was just like the same scenario all over again. I don't mm. know anybody here. But the only thing, only advantage I had in Austra- uh, in Indonesia was like when I was living in Australia and I was touring with 50 Cent and all that some of the promoters in Indonesia contacted me and booked us here. Like So I was on tour with G-Unit, DJ Who Kid, which is 50 Cent's and Eminem's official DJ. Mm-hmm. And I was really tight with them, and I started emceeing for him. So the promoters in Indonesia hollered at us, and they were like, okay, we'll fly you out here. seems like you guys are on your um, Asia tour, because we were doing China, we were doing India, we are doing Thailand, Amazing. Malaysia, mm-hmm. Bangladesh. So I'm touring with G-Unit doing all that, so... Some guy hits me up and I'm like, yeah, all right, we'll, we'll we got a date for Indonesia. So I made French friends over here when I wasn't even living here. So that was the only advantage I had. So when I came here, I did that first one. Then they hit me up and they were like, do you have any other DJs? And I was really close with um, DJ Woogie, which is uh, Soldier Boys DJ. Okay. Soldier Boys mixtape DJ. So I was like, yeah, I got DJ Woogie. He's my boy. You guys want to book him? So that was my second time I came to Indonesia. And then when I went back at this time, I was still living in Australia, you know what I'm saying? So I, I had that contact. So after I finished all my tours and everything in Brazil, I was like, ah, you know, Brazil is not really, you know, I've got Brazilian blood in my family. But the thing is, like, it's not, it, it wasn't a place that I want to be. First of all, I don't mm. speak Portuguese. I speak French and English. And then again, you know, you can say like, but you're living in Indonesia, but but I had to learn Indonesian, you know. So when I first came here, I didn't know anybody. It was the same scenario all over again. Had a couple of friends, started make, you know, get this is a culture. I had to learn about the culture. I had to learn the language. You know, when you take something serious, like if you want to really live here and do something, it's not easy. It's not easy to speak another language and just be able to get around. But, you know, it took a while to build. Uh, what I've built so far in the last four and a half years, initially, I had a hard time. i I was doing business with the wrong people. You know, a lot of people really f me over. but it's all a learning curve, you know what Absolutely. I'm saying? like i got i I got to where I got to is because I've had all these people mess me over things, you know, like they they really uh, gave me a hard time living here and blah, 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 because as a foreigner, you see, like, you need a work permit, first in of Indonesia, all. In Indonesia, absolutely. In, in Indonesia yes. it's, it's it's very, they're tough. They're tough out here. They don't mess around. Like, you see, in Thailand, back in the days, you could work as an artist and get away and get paid under the table. But out here, no, 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 no. If you're on the limelight, believe me, the, they they going to gonna come after you. So it's like, but I have proper permanent residency here because my daughter's in the nation, which helps out. You know what I'm saying? So it's all of that, and then it's just you got to go the proper way. There's a lot of countries, like, I go to, and a lot of the promoters don't care. Like, I have I've been signed to Germany before, and I used to go to Germany as a Canadian. I can be there for, like, 90 days. And I used to, like, stay there for 75 days and whatnot. But after third time going to Germany, they were like, yeah, why, why you come over here? How much money are you coming over here with? You know, like, what you going to do here? Are you making money here? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But Germany is probably easier to get away with working. And but out here, you gotta get those permits and all that stuff sorted. So I got that stuff sorted, and then uh, after my daughter was born, um, like two years ago, I've got signed to a major la- uh, label here. And but labels are different nowadays. You know, I don't know a lot yeah. of people probably experience the same thing. They don't like they're, they're not unless you like super duper talented and young. They know they'll they'll invest the money into you to develop you, but. Right now, it's like they want to see artists that's kind of booming already.
0: That's right. They, they already, already they they already want you to mm. have the momentum. They just want to push the you momentum. a little bit further. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, that's correct. So they gotta ha- they they want to see that you can hold yourself. They don't you don't need anybody. You're independently you're doing a thing, and they look at you as an investment. They'll say, "Oh, this guy's already doing his thing. Imagine we invest and just magnify that success." You know, so that's basically how labels look at it. But in yeah. Indonesia, it's a bit different. It's a little bit different like even as a foreigner when I came here and it's like the management I have they're awesome like but at, at first I had to get viral myself like I've when I first came here I was just like man I gotta tap into these people but I don't speak the language but I gotta do something I started collaborating with one of the legendary biggest rappers of Indonesia which was a blessing but you need the right track so you know when I, as a foreigner I came here I was like How do I make these people laugh? Because that's the only way I think I'm going to be accepted the quickest, you know? Yeah,
0: everyone loves that. I mean, Gangnam Style totally did it for for Sai in Korea. Absolutely.
1: So you need something, a little bit of humor, a bit of comedy. And so let's just make everybody laugh. So, you know, when I came here, I I, I fell in love with this uh, food, this soup, this soup called Soto. Oh, it's, yeah. a chicken, oh, it's a chicken it's a chicken broth soup. You know, you like that too, right? There's so oh, yeah. many different types of sotos in Indonesia. Yeah, every like different
0: place makes it differently. It's amazing. Different
1: correct. So soto is like this this famous, huge, like crazy famous. i w I'll probably call it the national soup, national dish, you it's know, like definitely that's how the big national it is.
0: soup. Absolutely. <laughs> and for those of you listening at home, it's like a it's like a beautiful chicken broth, chicken stock soup mm-hmm. with turmeric. Fried yes. onions, sometimes noodles. Usually a noodle. Um, yeah, that's
1: soto meat. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it's incredibly delicious.
1: Exactly. So that's how. That, it, it, because I love it, and so you know, and I what happened to me is like that track came out with um, I'm in love with the cocoa. So you know, I talked that I'm in love with the cocoa track, and I kind of flipped it and I made a parody and I made it. Uh, I'm in love with the soto. So, you know, I would, as a joke, I went to this city called Bandung, and I was just, like, goofing around, and I'm just, like, freestyling, I'm in love with the Soto. But the thing is, like, what I realized was everybody started singing it with me on stage, and this song wasn't even born at that time. So I was just like, yo, I came home, and I was, like, right away, I was like, I'm on something. I wrote it. I was like, I found the instrumental of the original track, I'm in love with the cocoa, And I flipped yeah. it and I was like, I did, I'm in love with the Soto. And it turned out really, it, it was hilarious. But I didn't have that Indonesian element to it yet. I mean, I'm saying a few things in Indonesian and I'm referring to the Indonesian dish. Then I put the legendary rapper Psycho G and I was like, bro, bro, you gotta get on this. This is hilarious because he also loves comedy rap. And then I sent it to him right away. He was like, this is lit. And boom, he got on that song and the song turned out so dope the following week we shot the video and then two weeks later we uploaded it right away got half a million views in like a couple of months amazing uh, yeah and we just started It just started going around and then we i hired a pr company to say yo can we push it in the radio and it costed me a little bit of money but you know that was probably one of the best investments i ever did in indonesia to get because um i'm competing with the Biggest Indonesian artist, just because it's a funny song. And they're probably like number one on the chart, like the biggest artist in Indonesia. And I was like number two. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, we uh, we got on the top five in some of the biggest um, radio stations in Indonesia. And that was just like, again, I'm blessed with that project, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And having lived in three countries, you know, coming from mm -hmm. Canada to Australia, to Indonesia, because you're based in Jakarta, which I like to call District 1, you know? <laughs> yeah, right, of, right, yes. It's like Indonesia is yes. a little bit like the Hunger Games. You know, there's all these islands and everything's a bit spread out, but Jakarta is District 1. You know, it has yeah, sure. so much representation from all of the different, uh, from the diaspora of Indonesia, so many food oh, yeah. influences, so much money. Um, and so, you know, Jakarta really is the hub, and it's a lot more urban than Bali, absolutely. Um, but in, oh, terms sure. of, in terms of the culture... Between mm-hmm. Canada and Australia and Indonesia, there's yeah. there's something about. I mean, in the West, um, there's there's a commonality, right? Not not common as in um, common as in like commonplace, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of the things that we create sometimes don't even get recognized until we leave that bubble, right? And so in Australia, I think you're absolutely right, and I think you probably went at the exact right time with the exact right track. And um, yeah. what were some of the differences, I think, in the audience that you've seen between Canada, Indonesia, Australia, and how they respond to what you do?
1: Um, okay, so, well, as as an artist, I've, It's you know, the Indonesian, first of all, when you're making music in English, unless you're like superly famous, you know, Justin Bieber or whatever… Every, everyone's gonna know a Justin Bieber track in Indonesia but they don't even speak English you know what I'm saying they, totally. they dig out the lyrics they learn it they know the song they know yeah. what it means They probably this is the thing actually
0: for those of you mm. humans um in the western world in Asia in other places you hear top 40 everywhere
1: <laughs> everywhere yeah that's basically what top it is top 40 is but- global yeah Oh, yeah, for sure. And the, But the thing is, as an independent English artist coming out in Indonesia, let's say they never heard your song before. Or maybe they heard one song on the radio, but they didn't hear the seven other songs you're going to perform. It's really hard to interact with the crowd out here uh, because they're not really understanding. What, you're not touching them with words because they're not understanding you. So like I've. Doing, you know, that's the difference in Australia. You're like, yo, put your hands up I mean, that's probably a bad example because everybody knows that put your hands up But like you say something you're trying to get a little bit of response from the audience I hear is a bit tougher because they don't speak and understand English that well yeah. So not everybody, you know what I'm saying? So that, that, that's the only thing but I Now I decided like I've learned to speak to them in Indonesian and get them going back and forth And then maybe I'm rapping or singing my tracks in English is fine Um, But the songs that they can relate to, I see more, you know, uh, engagement on stage. On the other hand, in in, um, Australia, everything's in English. It's fine. People understand. It's just even though we speak American or Canadian English, it's fine. You know what I mean? That's the difference I realize between uh, Asian countries where I'm performing in um, and Germany, too, actually. Germany, too, but Germans, they're very, you know, up to date with the Western culture, so they do know many things that we say on stage. That's okay. But Indonesia, Thailand, it's pretty hard, man, to get on stage and try to communicate with people if they don't know your music. Yeah, it, absolutely.
0: I mean, <laughs> we're in the you, same boat you've there. Been there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you, when you come on stage, you come with this amazing energy, you know, and you really rev up the crowd, and it's quite contagious. Um, in yeah, terms you, of yeah, there. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I've seen you perform. <laughs> it's great. So, in terms of what you do in the U.S., right? So, spitting yeah, rap yeah. and going on stage and and really pumping up the crowd. That's called emceeing, right? And so you would be an MC yeah, in the U.S.
1: That's an emceeing in the U.S. When you go out there and you hype the DJ. Hype the crowd. Yes, that's an MC, uh, microphone controller, whatever, conductor, anything you want to call it. But you know, in in the West, we say MC, E M C E E. We say MC as in like somebody who's a rapper, right? That's a real term for an MC in hip hop terms.
0: Yeah, within the hip hop culture, absolutely
1: correct. But then you have all types of MC. you have MCs for a wedding, you have MCs for, a, you know what I'm saying? Right. Club MCs.
0: So I think I in Club Indonesia MC that too. gets a little bit, uh, it gets a little bit diluted, I think. When they hear MC here, they think, yeah. you know, wedding or they think performer. Um, Absolutely. But you come up there and, you know, you're, you, are you improvising? How do you come up with the inspiration for a lot of, a lot of the lyrics that you share with the crowd?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. when I'm writing lyrics in a, uh, for let's say when I'm writing a song, it's mostly I start with improv. It's all freestyle mostly. And then what I do is like I'll freestyle and a lot of the things won't make sense. I'll write it all down then I'll just rewrite stuff and then I'll re-record it. That's usually the process I go through. Uh it's always good to work with a few writers, but you know, it's hard to find that out here. But my cousin's really good writer. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll Skype with him and whatever. I'll call him and I'll, we'll go over the lyrics together. But that's but the way I start is I start freestyling first. I will jot down a whole bunch of things. I'll record a whole song freestyling, you know, piece by piece. Then I will write it down. Then I'm like, ah, oh, that doesn't make sense. Rewrite that. Oh, say it like this. It sounds better. Oh, this is deeper. You know what I mean? So I will correct myself. And that's my process of writing, really.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and when I'm on...
1: Yeah, that's that's the way I go with writing and stage, you know, when we are performing in between song talking, usually we know this is the direction and this is what we want to say. But always it's always a little bit different. You know what I mean? It's I, I, I go by the moment. Like it, it's about like what I feel like doing on stage right now. I'll do it. You know what I mean? Like I'll tell them my DJ, to turn off the music. Let me talk to them.
0: Yeah, it's definitely an I'm, energetic and and reading the energy of the crowd versus exactly. what you want to add to it versus what is bouncing off of them versus I'm what's bouncing minute. off of you. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And in,
1: I take out songs, put in songs last minute for sure.
0: Yeah. And in terms yeah. of the the writing process and getting into that improv flow, what are some mm-hmm. of the creative conditions that you implement to get into that state of creativity?
1: I mean, you know, like free. A lot of people, you know, I envy people that can just sit and write a dope song and don't even know how to freestyle. I envy those people, man, because they take the time and they just like plan it in their head and ba 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 and everything so perfectly done. And it's just mm-hmm. like, but then they can't freestyle worth shit. You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean they're not a, you know, good songwriter or a singer because they're probably better than a freestyler. Me, if you ask me to sit and write a song, I can't do it. Mm. i can't do it it's like i have to go the other way around where i have to freestyle most of it and then rewrite it and blah 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 it just what makes me go through that stage is like i guess ever since i started this whole hip-hop thing we started with freestyle so it's just it's my comfort zone a lot of people are such dope dope writers and they don't know how to freestyle but if people want to go in that same area Avenue that I go, I went. Like you know, if you got, if you want to do like that freestyle and then rewrite your stuff and then tighten the lyrics, if you want to do that, I, I do like. I, for me, the suggestion would be like watch a lot of things, practice a lot of freestyling, talk about like freestyle about everything. Yeah, you're in the shower, rap about something. Yeah, you know, get inspiration
0: go. from your life.
1: Yeah, inspiration is for me life. I mean, everything that you see or you hear or you've been through, like emotion, you know. For me, emotion really doesn't matter whether angry or happy or whatever. It's, it's, a, it's a good place to dig out lyrics, you know what I'm saying?
0: Absolutely, so, absolutely. So that's what I
1: do. Is there you know? anything
0: specifically that inspires you?
1: Oh, man. Uh, you know my lifestyle. I'm mostly vegan. Yes. Uh, so uh, I've become like that in the last two years, three years. And uh, lot, most rappers are not vegan. After the I'm after
0: the, the song about the chicken soup, you became va- yeah, vegan. After the, yeah. yeah, I
1: became vegan <laughs> about the chicken soup. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I'm not against people that eat meat. Absolutely not. You do need it. It's your choice. But don't eat too much of it. That's, you know, that's the key. If You just got to eat a certain amount. So what inspires me right now in a lot of the things I'm talking about in life is just Appreciating life, like I got, I wrote this other this track the other day, and it's just about uh, a heartbreak. But but the thing is, like, it's not even talking about my heart being broken. It's about saying that oh, it was a lesson learned, and have a good life, and I'm having a great life. Like it's just being positive. Like what I've realized about life life is too short. You got to be healthy. That's physically, mentally, and whatnot. And that's that's the that's the objective of life. Like is to be happy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, all this money and all this it's, it's really, yeah.
0: it's being present.
1: Absolutely. It, and happiness is within yourself. So, like, a lot of the things that I'm writing lately, you know, it's about what I'm going through. But, you know, there was a period in time in my life that it was a bit crazy. And my, my songs were kind of a bit crazy as well, you know. You can hear it in my music. Like, oh, man, that dude's gangster. But, like, you get <laughs> to Like, no, oh, oh yeah. I, I've had those, that, that phase in life, like, five years of just gangster rap. But right now it's a lot of conscious rap. I'm older too. I have a daughter. I'm, a, you know, I have a family, and it's just the way I look at things. I'm, I'm, a, I'm literally a vegan. I'm going more towards becoming a raw vegan. Like that's some craziness mm. that I'm focusing and doing in my life. You yeah, know and I'm for saying? those so, of you,
0: for those of you at home, raw veganism is vegan food that's uh, not cooked above, I think it's 40 degrees Celsius. So Celsius it's yeah. yeah. So it retains the idea is that it retains the nutrients of the food so yeah. that they're not cooked off in the in the cooking process. Yeah. So, right,
1: right. Yeah. So, so basically, a lot of the stuff that I'm working on right now. I mean, because you know I'm a club MC as well. So there's that part of things. I'm making music mm-hmm. that will make people bounce. But what a is lot a, of the others?
0: Can you break that down for us? What is club MC versus MC?
1: Okay, club MC is basically I work with DJs and I just hype the crowd up. I, I'm hosting them. I'm I'm hosting the night, hyping the crowd, knowing the stuff. You know what I mean? Hyping yeah. the DJ and just everybody's having a good time. I'm not really rapping bars or or whatnot. It's just hyping the crowd, which okay. is easy, easy breezy. And that's what club MCs do, and they rock the party.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, Element and Indonesia actually has mm. um, has its own hip-hop culture. Can you talk a little yeah. bit about the Indonesian hip-hop culture versus Australia, and which is a little bit, uh, I would say, a little bit different. I think it's less um, urban. Yeah. And then versus uh, Canada, yeah. where you grew up.
1: Well, okay, here's a that's actually a pretty crazy question because um, Australia what I've realized is they preserved hip-hop I mean yeah there's a lot of new school there's a there's a big thing about new school old school but I love both schools however in Australia people do preserve they have their own accent they have their own c- hip -hop community a lot of the music is really uh, real hip hop 90s type of vibe and then you know the soulful hip-hop that's Australia is still, big in that era Mm. and they also they 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 got all that trap and torque and all that up-to-date north american sounding music in australia as well but their hip-hop culture is very strong indonesia as well is a bit of both but i think what's working in indonesia is like they're very um whatever they see in america they kind of sort of want to duplicate that you know what I'm saying? It's a good and, and it's bad because it's kind of like they're, it's going, they're losing a lot of their own culture and they're adapting that North American culture now. They want to sound North American. They want to be North American. They want to act North American. But you see, a lot of the times it doesn't really work because in North America, rappers are talking about shooting, being tough, being this, being that. But that's not how you live in, in Indonesia. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the culture like, is
0: much different. It's... It's not mm. so, uh, yeah. There, it's not as uh, male dominant in that pushy way. I think.
1: Right. So, the, so the negative side of things is like they're copying a culture, in Amer- from America. But a lot of the artists in America are real gangsters. I know Crips. I know Bloods in America, and these are rappers. They're famous. You know what I mean? And and yeah, and they're that's like in active
0: gangs. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're in active gangs. Even if it's not Blood or Crips, it's something else. And they they've been through a lot. And But the thing is, like, fine, that's cool, but, you know, you can't really talk like that in Indonesia living in Indonesia thinking, like, oh, that's how rap should be because that's not how rap is. So there's that misunderstanding and uh, lack of education. You do see that, but there is a lot of artists in Indonesia. Indonesian hip-hop is booming. It's at its peak, Mm -hmm. right? Right now, Indonesia hip-hop is at its peak. There's a couple of reasons. One of the Indonesian artists from Indonesia, he made a parody, he made this funny track. Chinese Indonesian kid, uh, 17 years old, and it became massive in America. In America, it became massive. He was a kid who learned to speak English online, on internet, on YouTube, and he rap and he did it so well. Like I told you, in Indonesia, people can really copy that American sound. They can do it. They can yeah. do it in their own language, they can learn English and do it in English. The talent is here. So when this kid got discovered, his name is Rich Bryan, Rich Chiga, when he became really big in America, boom, Indonesian industry, he kinda took he lifted the Indonesian hip hop industry. Yeah. Because within the Indonesian industry, people are like, oh my God, they're competing in each other, competition got bigger. And people from abroad started noticing the Indonesian industry. Now yeah. everybody in Indonesia wanna rap in English. You see, when I first came here, nobody raps in English. I was alone.
2: Wow.
1: I was I was alone. And now everybody wanna rap in English. So I'm just like, wow, okay, that's that's a positive change. <laughs> you know Absolutely.
0: And so and I think that's such a great example of a rising tide lifting all the boats, you know? As yeah, sure. an artist, there's this mm-hmm. inherent societal pressure to compete with each other. And the world actually doesn't work that way. You know, I think a win mm-hmm. for one of us is a win for all of us, whether it's music, sure. drawing, art, whatever it is. Um, and I think as a culture, right, it, it brings more awareness and more fans and more people who are excited about what's going on in Indonesia when anyone um, ups the game like that. So Yeah, I, absolutely. Sorry, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, absolutely. So what's um what's a a couple of unique things about Indonesian hip-hop culture.
1: Um, okay. Let's say, let's say, because, you know, as you know, Indonesia has a lot of different subcultures within this culture. You know what I'm saying? Different islands got its own vibe. So you'll, you'll see. Absolutely. Um, and
0: there's more than 20,000 diff- islands in Indonesia. Oh, yeah, so yeah. it's really, it's there's, really, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: It's, so there's so many subcultures within the culture. So the hip hop is also like there for uh, wherever, like, let's say we go to central Java, which is the biggest island, Java Island, and uh, Jakarta is in Java Island. So it's a, it's the biggest, I don't know, the population, probably like, I don't know, 70 million, 100 million. It's I think like it's ridiculous.
0: 60. I think it's 60. <laughs> 60.
1: Million. All right. But it's a ridiculous amount of number of people mm-hmm. and 60 million people. So if you go to central Java, it's very strong in culture like Indonesian culture in general, they still follow the the tradition very highly. You know what I'm saying? It's like their strong culture. When you go there and you listen to the Indonesian hip-hop, for example, out there, you'll hear their culture in their hip-hop. I love that.
2: Mm.
1: I so love that because they're still so strong with their culture that the music, even though it's hip-hop, is portraying their culture and their cultural instrument. Let's talk about another side of the island or another island so let's uh, let's go you go to other places like maluku or whatever maluku is so soulful people know how to sing people know how to rap and and they have their own papua another part of indonesia they are so soulful so they have their own culture their own uh because they come from church background and they know they all know how to sing there's a lot of christians in papua and maluku so they they sing they're so dope and but they integrate their culture into it you know what I'm saying? Like Absolutely. they're integrating their own sound. So you got their own sound. And then there's the other parts of Indonesia where kids kind of sort of want to mimic the American sound. So you get that too. So, But I'm talking about the strong cultural places like mm-hmm. Maluku, like Papua, like Central Java. They're very strong with their culture. So the music kind of shows that as well in hip-hop, that they're um, they're mixing a lot of their culture elements into the hip-hop music. So you hear it in the music. But... On the other sides of Indonesia, you'll 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 hear the music and it'll be very American. Yeah. These kids wanna kind of sort of mimic the American sound. Yeah. Especially after that kid, Rich Brian, Rich Chiga, blew up in America. Now everybody wants to be Rich Brian, Rich Chigga, which is a good thing, but it's also a bad thing. It's a good thing because it's like, wow, okay, he's getting recognition. He's bringing Indonesia to uh, putting Indonesia on the map, which is dope. Bad thing is like, but don't, don't, don't lose touch with your heritage and your culture. And don't forget to put your culture into your own music, you know, Yeah. which is, yeah which is the bad side of things the negative side of things
0: yeah and i think also you know when you're in a country that has such a rich cultural history like indonesia Mm -hmm. does america and and canada are you know relatively young countries in terms of the culture and what's come out of them but when you're in a country that has a much older tradition uh, in terms of music in terms of art in terms of theater it's really important to honor that and, and integrate it into new art forms
1: sure yeah just don't forget about it. you know forget about your own culture and so that's the only negative things people people like forgetting their own roots so that's what i see out here and i was just like ah you know uh, i'm from the west side of things you know i'm from you know canada yeah east coast of canada but the thing i'm from the western side of the world but the but but it's like i don't want to see you lose your touch of your own culture you know what i'm saying like yeah. of course i want to hear you guys rap in english and make that blow up out here because it's better for me it's already been better for me since Rich Chica, Everyone's making music in English, and I'm just like, oh my god, it's about that time. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, so,
0: absolutely. And growing so, up in Canada, what was the hip hop culture at the time like in Ottawa?
1: It's, it's dope. I mean, like I I was born and raised in Montreal, so I, French is my first language. Okay. Like you know, but the thing is, like, hip hop culture. I grew up in Plamodoko Dinas in uh, Montreal, which is like the Jamaican and Haitian neighborhood. So I grew up with nothing but Jamaicans and Haitians. So, you know, hip-hop was, it was huge. And uh, Canadian artists was just breaking out in America when I started my hip-hop stuff in Canada. You know, we had Sha we had, uh, Drake was just starting his thing. uh, In in the music industry, Alanis Morissette already broke. In there, Celine Dion broke in there. Oh, Celine, Uh, I love Celine Dion. It's like my guilty (laughs) pleasure.
0: She's the best.
1: (laughs) Avril Lavigne just breaking in. You know what I mean? So like, hip hop was rising in Canada. So hip hop was just when I started my stuff in uh, late high school. Hip hop was just breaking into uh, America. Canadian artists was breaking into America. So it was like a good time as well. I got the best of everything. Like I was in Canada when hip hop was just booming. I left Canada, went to Australia, because remember, Australia is a little bit behind in music than North America.
0: Yeah, Australia so, is a little bit. I would say maybe 18 months. Possibly. A little
1: bit behind. Yeah. So you see, like, so I left when when I was in Canada, it was just because Canada a little bit behind America. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I got to admit, oh, I, I love you, my Canadians, but I got to be tr- and honest here. So, so you Canada's rode the wave. I America. love that you know what i'm saying but but it's so so when i was in canada it was just the wave was buzzing i left canada and i was in australia australia i got to the right time when it was buzzing then i left australia i came to indonesia in the right time when indonesia right now is buzzing in music it's buzzing yeah okay the the numbers are there but it's not like America where everybody got a lot of money to come and watch you perform. People don't have like $20 to pay for a ticket. Forget 100 You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So if, yeah. you, if you're talking about the mass market, but the numbers are out here, the people are out here, you know, you just you just got to play your card smart, got to know the right business people, you got to know what you do. And then there is money in these foreign countries as artists. You probably uh, – a, a viral artist in Indonesia probably – makes an X amount of money, but if that amount of uh, buzz he got in America, he'd be a millionaire. you know what I mean? Yeah absolutely. in America when somebody goes viral, they make thirty, forty million dollars just probably from a sponsor deal. you know what I mean? Yeah like look at all these youtubers breaking out in America. they're getting mad money or Dubai, mad money. but these youtubers or artists that are going viral, they're getting good money. They're not getting mad money in Indonesia. So people got to keep that in mind.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And, and mm-hmm. that's the thing about the age of social media, right? You have the exposure. You have the fan base. But you don't necessarily have um, the financial base behind yeah. it. And I think you're right. That's sure. also That also reflects back to what you were saying about labels and how they want to go with artists that are already you know somewhat established or have their own base or already have a bit of a presence online. Right.
2: Absolutely, right, right.
0: So, what inspired you to keep making these jumps? I mean, it seems like you kind of just um, y- you know, you happened to be in the right place at the right time, but you said you initially went to Australia to study. Did you end yeah, up finishing right. that degree?
1: <laughs> yeah, I did. okay. I-, I ended up getting a master's. i finished I finished my undergrad and I loved being in Australia so much, and my career was just booming. I was making more money than I could spend like i was doing so well so i decided to pay for my master's and i stayed there and just did my master's and saved up a couple of houses and did whatnot
2: what did you study
1: in my master's or my undergrad undergrad just a bba Uh uh, business and administration and my master's i i did two majors one in sustainable development and the other one in marketing
0: amazing and and how do you think that that's helped you having that formal education in your music career
1: oh my god, it it helped in so many ways, you don't even understand, how can I explain it to you, like I would have gotten uh, people would have effed me over like way more in industry than they had the chance to, because I had all this knowledge, and I knew how to run business, I'm running a few businesses right now, Mm -hmm. but and music business is just one of them so I'm applying my, you know, education in the, you know, in places that I need to, but in the music industry, oh wow, I've because, you know, business music business is a whole new chapter. I had to learn a bit about that first. And just being able to, just having a good business background really helped me financially. That's number one. How to, you know, financially plan my things. And especially when I do releases, mm-hmm. even though I'm signed with a label, I'm still kind of, I have my own label as well. So it's like I'm putting the plan together. I'm, I'm being very careful with my budgeting, like, ah, oh, no, that's going to be effective. Look, last year we did that. That was a waste of money. So, you know, you you you, you know how to analyze things and it's just, it, it's so helpful. Having a business degree will help you in any business. But being in the music industry, music business, it, it I had to learn a bit extra things, you know what I'm saying? And then, yeah, of course, absolutely. in Indonesia... And in Indonesia, I had to learn the culture side of things in business. So you need to know music business. You need to know the culture side of things in business in this country. And then just general business. When you got the three, a little bit of the three combined, that's powerful. Yeah. If you have one of the three or two of the three, it's not going to be as powerful.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting what you said. You know, I think a lot of people want to peg artists as one thing, right? And to not Mm -hmm. have... uh, you know to not have multiple interests or multiple endeavors and so the fact that you have a few businesses you're you're also entrepreneurial is really inspiring and I think opens the door to people where you don't have to just you know you can pursue your dream but you can also have a business and make money and it doesn't have to look any specific way.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: No, absolutely. You can. I mean, in Asia, you know, so many things to do. I mean, especially as for me as a foreigner.
0: Absolutely. No, things, I'm in the same I boat. See things yeah. Outside
1: the bo- yeah, right. I see things outside the box. You know what I'm saying? And there's so many things I want to try, but I'm scared to try. But so many things that I know is going to work and it's been working is like kind of sort of what I'm running my businesses on. Those are the platforms I'm running my businesses on. And music thing is like something i love doing and i you know i got a fan base here and it's been growing i'm getting booked left and right so it's like that's one of the business you know and so yeah i mean it's it's not easy but it's not impossible
0: yeah absolutely well we're going to take a short break and then i want to hear a little bit about what you're doing next all right humans We're going to get back to the show in a bit, but I wanted to take a minute to talk to you about Camp Clarity. Coming up in February the 17th through the 23rd and April 14th through 20th, 2019, we have two weeks coming up for women to come to Bali and transform their lives. We're talking about empowered, joyful workshops to level up in your life, plant-based amazing food, luxury villa, incredible connections people experiences come to bali if you have any questions or you want to get in touch head over to join camp clarity that's dot com. it's pretty much the best week in bali i could come up with after five years of living there of having such a grasp on the community and wanting to help women transform their lives and level up so come join us and back to the show All right, humans. I'm back with Liquid Silva, recording artist, hip-hop artist from Toronto, but currently living in Jakarta, Indonesia. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Um, Before the break, we were talking about your journey and really, you know, living in multiple countries on multiple continents, the hip-hop culture between them and how you've been able to ride the wave of being in the right place at the right time. And Really, you know, just showing up with the work all the time, um, but you yeah. have some exciting things coming up.
1: Yeah, there's a lot coming up. Actually, I just came from, uh, came back from Los Angeles. I believe you're from Los Angeles.
0: I am. I, am. <laughs> 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 I will That's never live up. there yeah. again. It's not for me. Nah, but we we'll trade places.
1: I'm moving to LA. I love LA. I hate. I had a lot of fun in LA. It's,
0: so. a, it's a good place if you're not from there, I think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're funny. That's hilarious. So, yeah, I just came back from LA. I'm working on, um. Uh, I had the pleasure to work with Busy Bone from Bone Thugs and Harmony. Mm-hmm. Legendary rapper, Bone Thugs and Harmony. They're legends. I grew up listening to them. So, i got a record coming up. It's called Amazing. Uh, it's through my management in the USA, uh, one-on-one entertainment group. And uh, that comes out, I believe, next month. Uh, The music video we shot as well as the single will be on iTunes and Spotify and whatnot. Look out for that. Um, that's for the international market that we are planning to drop for the U S and the world. Mm-hmm. And that's the first one. And then I've got a couple of other singles that are for Indonesia. I've got this, uh, gentleman named Guntur Simbalon. He's singing on one of my records and it's a really a dope record. It's a positive record. He's singing in Indonesia and I'm rapping in English. That's for here. That's coming also this year. And by end of the year, I will also from now till end of the year, probably three records, three videos are gonna be released.
2: Mm.
1: The third one is gonna be a solo project, which is gonna be towards November.
0: That's exciting. So one coming,
1: one coming in September, one coming in October, one coming in November. So three singles, three months. I'm just gonna release them on that one.
0: Wow, that's a lot coming up.
1: There's a lot coming up, but three regions. Yeah, one for Indonesia specifically, one mm. for the world, and one I'm just leaving it till the November, that's also going to be like a, a follow-up release for the world, the international release. So, yeah, three releases coming up till before the end of the year. And my album is also done, but I'm not, I don't have a release date yet, but it's going to be really soon.
0: Fantastic. Probably.
1: Mm, yeah that's what's coming up soon that's as well really as tours. exciting
0: and working with bone thugs you said you listened to them as a kid you've had yeah a, a couple incredible opportunities quite a few working with yeah. people that i know you know i think we're around the same age as kids we all heard you know growing up on the radio so what sure. is that like and what have you learned from working with all of these different artists
1: um, okay, uh, I've I've seen, I've I worked with artists that are like messed up on alcohol and drugs and I've worked with artists that are like completely sober. And so it's like, uh, the ones I've seen, like for example, when I've toured with D12 and you look at Eminem, he's went through the drug abuse and everything and he's went through a lot of struggle in his life. Mm. Look where he is. He's the greatest rapper of all time, no doubt, for sure. But you look at 50 Cent, somebody who's such a gangster, sh- shot at nine times. But, you know, a lot of people don't understand 50 Cent is such an incredible entrepreneur and businessman. He doesn't drink. Well, he does. But night like once a month, he doesn't smoke. This guy is so sober. And like look at how he does business. So seeing people like that really inspired me being in this game sober
2: because yeah. that's what
1: I want to do. I'm not here for the short run. I'm here yeah. for the marathon. You know what I'm saying? So like that's that's the way health is important. You got to be sober. You got to be on point. You got to be switched on 100 percent. And that's touring with people like that inspired me to become who I am today. And of course, I've told with people that's been drunk throughout the whole tour and whatnot. But that's also a learning curve to see like, whoa, you don't want to be like that because look how they act. You don't want to be. You don't want to go like that way, you know, so that those are the things I've learned on tour watching super professional people be professional.
0: Yeah, I mean, because not... these are people who are, you know, winning Grammys at the top of their game and you yeah. kind of see how it affects them on the day to day. And I'm sure the oh, energy of of different tours of different performances is, is different because of it.
1: Absolutely. Like people that are, I've, I've, I've felt more close to people that was like super sober and on point and on business, like boom, artists that know their business is where it's at. If you're artist, you gotta know your business. This is 2018. No one's mm-hmm. gonna walk you through the park. You know what I'm saying? You gotta do it yourself. That's 2018. So you gotta know the business side of things. Having the business education and watching entrepreneurs as artists, like 50 Cent, and I can name you a bunch of more. Snoop Dogg. I could, I, like being watching them really inspired me. But I'm not gonna uh, bad mouth the artist that's like kind of sort of had a hard life no 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 of course not it's just
0: you definitely see the difference and hip-hop itself and and Mm -hmm. rap is definitely a more casual culture right like you were saying a a lot of artists come up through really challenging backgrounds and a lot of that self-care a lot of that decompression when you're in such a stressful environment is to turn to substances right to drugs to alcohol oh yeah
1: that's the easy way yeah
0: Absolutely. And so I think it actually, it, it does affect the culture, I think, more than other genres of music.
1: Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. Rock and roll, hip hop, you know, everyone's a rock star, celebrity lifestyle. It's like there's that dark side of things a lot of people don't see, but they wouldn't understand even if they saw it. So the thing is, like, wh- being around all of that, being around successful people, being around a bit of everything, you know, I I, I just took out the best out of it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I took out the best out of everything and kind of sort of trying to apply it to myself. So it was a huge learning experience. And of course, stage performance gets so much better when you start rocking with these legendary rappers, you know, multi-platinum winning artists on stage. When you're rocking the same stage with these guys like this, you pick up so many things, you know what I mean? And that's all our learning curve. Money absolutely. can't buy you those things, you know?
0: No, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's so interesting to hear people's journeys because there's so many little nuggets of wisdom that people pick up along the way that you think, you know, oh, maybe this was a challenging thing or, oh, this was a, a real, you know, high Everest climbing moment. But it was actually, you know, we learn from it all.
1: Oh, for sure.
2: That's it.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'm so excited about those new releases. We'll have all of your links in the show notes. And thanks again for coming on the show.
1: Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: All right, humans, super exciting to have Liquid Silva on the podcast today. And in lieu of a toast poem, we're going to feature one of his songs, one of my favorites, called Stand Up High. And this is Liquid Silva and Koga. Here we go.
2: I gotta stay focused, this is my life Every time I fall, gotta pick myself up high Stand up, stand up, stand up for my rights Stand up, stand up, stand up for my life Stand up, stand up, stand up for my rights Stand up, stand up, stand up for my life it's been a minute since I was heartbroken last But I don't plan my future holding on to the past don't Let it go, let go I control my own destiny yep. Though they got the best of me They don't get the rest of me I figured out like recipe Life is a lesson, lesson be learned I turned the negative into positive I'm out of it, I'm proud of it The fact that I can concentrate on other shit while half of you still drinking a cup of piss and popping pills I choose life over hugging toilet seats Late night I stay up perfecting my strategies They say knowledge is power but power is knowledge Now this Sunday They forget to teach you in college What won't kill you will only make you stronger The older I get, the stronger I get the bolder I get never to forget, life is a blessing I'm pro-life, I choose life over depression I gotta stay focused, this is my life Every time I fall, gotta pick myself up high Stand up, stand up, stand up for my rights Stand up, stand up, stand up for my life Stand up, stand up, stand up for my rights Stand up, stand up, stand up for my life Got the world on my shoulders, we gon' make it, no matter what I'ma make Yo, it. Yo, Luka, I gotta let go. Tomedo naku wakio koru, kono kanjo, kawaii takase, kokoro ni sashkom kamukasu ikidori tabikasanaru keep going what I so everyday i know anata don't be scared Stand high. I gotta stay focused, this is my life. Every time I fall, gotta pick myself up high. Stand up, stand up, stand up for my rights. Stand up, stand up, stand up for my life. Stand up, stand up, stand up for my rights. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up for my life. Hey, so You just gotta let go Hey! It's an old I Keep your head up No matter what you're going through yo, Shigetatsura Shinaide yo It's a new day New star We gon' get through Harder no jinsei Itte I got it. This sun always shines after the rain And we gon' make it together Let's go
0: humans. That's today's show. Big, big thanks to Liquid Silva for coming on and sharing his insight and journey into that path of music and living abroad. Lots of really fun insight. You can find all of his links, social media and music in our show notes. As usual, if you're liking the podcast, please subscribe, write us a review, all that good stuff. And uh, if you're feeling like Bali, come for Camp Clarity. That's www.joincampclarity.com. As usual, today's episode was brought to you by me, Norma Jean, singer, songwriter, doodler, extraordinaire. You can see all my art at www.njloves.com and find me on Instagram at Norma Jean Loves Doodles. And until next time, humans, stay wild. So we keep on keeping on.